Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. His best value to that defense is as an edge rusher. You can find stacked linebackers. Um, Edge rushers who are at the level of Micah Parsons are hard to come by. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, by DraftKings. And class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. I call him the civilian goat. I think he's the best video watcher breakdown of anybody that I'm aware of that never actually worked as a coach for an NFL team. He is that good. And there's been a lot of big news that's happened over the last week or so that we didn't get to with Greg because we've been talking draft stuff so much. But I want to know what Greg thinks about Aaron Rodgers with the Jets in that system with those receivers. Lamar Jackson officially going to be with Munkin. Uh, Todd Munkin and the Ravens' new system. What he thinks there. Even Micah Parsons supposedly bulking up to be a full-time DN. So there's a lot of big news topics we got to get to with Greg momentarily. We already tomorrow will be talking about the NFL schedule release with Michael North. Make sure you check us out. We're going to be recording Thursday night at 9 o'clock to make sure we're up to date on the schedule right when it comes out. So follow us on all the different social media platforms at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod, because we'll have some juicy clips as soon as we talk to Mike about the NFL schedule being released. As always, if you're a spread the word winner via social media or a sponsor confirmation email, why don't you take advantage of one of our awesome sponsors or You want one of the YouTube shout-outs because you subscribe to YouTube, you hit the thumbs up, you make a comment, send all that stuff to me, ross at rosstucker.com. Love giving you guys these signed press passes or football cards or pictures, whatever you want. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, before we get into some of this other stuff, it is schedule release week tomorrow night. Are you fired up? For the release of the schedule? Yes. It's it's May. 
uh, Ross. Um, unless I missed something, I think the games start when? Uh, in, in August? Well, that's preseason. The regular season starts ah. in September. Well, when it gets closer to the games, I'll probably be more concerned about the schedule. <laughs> Love it. Um, it's funny. I'm similar, although, you know, I look at it for the Eagles stuff and for um, potential Westwood One stuff for me in terms of the primetime games and games that, that might be for me. Let's get to some of this news, Greg, that's happened because what happened is Monday of draft week, you and I went over the defensive backs Yep, because we wanted to make sure people heard that plenty of time before the draft. And then last week, we ended up talking about the first round of the draft. So we never really talked about Lamar Jackson re-signing with the Ravens. What do you envision, Greg, when you think about Lamar Jackson in Todd Munkin's offense, what you know of Todd Munkin's offense from his time in the NFL and his time in Georgia the last couple of years? Because Lamar Jackson's already talking about trying to throw for 6,000 yards. By the way, I, I will predict that that does not happen, 6,000 yards. But well, your thoughts? Yeah, you're going to have a new offense. And I think if you look at Todd Monken, I think w- what you're probably looking at is more spread. I mean, this was obviously a Greg Roman offense, so it was built on base personnel. They obviously used Ricard, um, who I doubt will have a, a role in this offense, in the new offense at all. Um, you're talking about creating space, attacking all areas of the field, more spread formations. Um, I think that will help Lamar in many ways because it, it, it forces defenses to declare. It also creates space for him as a runner, which is a significant part, both by design and if he drops back and doesn't see what he wants, he can take off. We know he can do that exceptionally well. So I think you'll see from a a formation standpoint, more spread formations. I think you'll see more up-tempo, no-huddle tempo. And again, as you know, Ross, no-huddle tempo doesn't mean you snap the ball immediately. There's variations of no-huddle. You can snap it quickly. You can sort of go mid-tempo. You can sit there and snap it with two seconds left on the play clock. But I think you'll see more no-huddle. I think he really likes tight end usage, and they obviously have very good tight ends with Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. Um, so Andrews being a major target won't be new, but I think it'll be done in different ways, uh, it, uh, ways that we didn't quite see under Greg Roman. So I think those are some of the things you'll see with Todd Monken. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to see, Greg, whether or not it helps Lamar Jackson take his game to the next level or maybe – Lamar Jackson doesn't thrive in this offense. Maybe Lamar Jackson was better in a Greg Roman offense, or maybe it's a a, a net neutral, right? Like maybe there's some positives, but some negatives, and it's about the same as it had been the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll see, I would think you'll see more passing. It doesn't mean they're going to ask him to drop back 45 or 50 times a game, but my sense is, you'll see a little more passing. Now, that'll also be opponent-specific and game-specific, but my sense is you'll probably see a little more passing than we did under Greg Roman. What about, Greg, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets? Uh, I'm curious because, number one, Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator, and he was with Aaron in Green Bay, but that was really, correct me if I'm wrong, 
you know, kind of Matt LaFleur's offense. So I guess I'm curious as to what offense you think Hackett will run. Do you think he'll definitely do the same stuff LaFleur was doing in Green Bay? Or are there things that you remember Hackett doing in Jacksonville or otherwise, even in Denver last year, that you think we'll see more of? No, I think they come from essentially the same school of offense, Ross. Um, I don't think you'll see meaningful differences. There's always tweaks based on an, a particular individual. So I'm sure there are certain things that Hackett really likes. Maybe there are certain things that Rodgers really likes. It depends then on their personal relationship, which I know is supposed to be a good one. Um, so, you know, you and I don't know how that's going to play out specifically. But I think when you're talking about sort of the philosophical underpinnings, I think it's very, very similar. So I I don't think you'll see dramatic changes in what uh, Aaron Rodgers has been used to for the most part under Matt LaFleur, because it's really all part to some degree of that of that Shanahan tree. It's 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 it, it sort of stems from that. And I think that's what you're essentially going to get if you talk about the, the general philosophical approach. Let's talk about the Jets' weapons. Uh, right now, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, Corey Davis, Randall Cobb, who they signed and brought in, and then at tight end, Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzama. And in the backfield, they've got Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, Michael Carter, and, of course, the fifth-round running back, Izzy, they took from Pitt. Just your thoughts about Rodgers working with those guys. I think he's already maybe, Greg, compared Garrett Wilson to Devontae Adams. Do you see that at all? Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know about that specifically. Um, I think they're different. Adams is a bigger man than Garrett Wilson. Wilson's only about 185 pounds. Um, I think they're solid weapons. I mean, Wilson looks like he could be a really, really good receiver. Um, I think we know what Lazard is. He's obviously comfortable with Lazard. Hardman is a is a vertical dimension who also gives you jet sweeps, orbit reverses, those kinds of plays where you can get him the ball on the move in space. They still have Cordy Davis, who has been a solid NFL receiver. I hasn't quite lived up to, I, I think, being the fifth pick in the draft by Tennessee, but has been a solid NFL receiver when healthy. Um they still have Denzel Mims, who was a second-round pick in 2020, who's got good size. I thought he'd end up being better than he's been up to this point. Um, I think we're uncertain as to what Randall Cobb may or may not have left, so I think that's a little bit of a question mark. But I think they've got a quality group of wide receivers, and uh, you know the tight end position I think is pretty good. Tyler Conklin, to me, is a good player. I think he's a good receiver who actually can work all three levels of the defense. So they've got a pretty good group there that, um, that you know, you would think Rodgers would be happy to work with. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the, I mean, we know the Jets' defense is good too. So yep. it really is how good is the O-line, in particular, Greg, probably the tackles. And then do we get the back-to-back MVP type of Rodgers? Do we get well, whatever we saw last right. year? Because it felt like, Greg, I mean, you study, you watch like every snap, felt like there was a decent drop-off in Rodgers' game last year. Am I crazy? No, no. I, I think that, you know, again, he had the thumb injury, and I think that that probably impacted certain throws. Um, I don't think he was as precisely accurate as he's been throughout his career. I've said many times that there's – 
uh, probably never been a better pure thrower of the football that we've ever seen in Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I don't think he was like that all the time last year. Maybe it was the thumb. Um, I don't think he's quite as mobile as he once was. Now he can do that once in a while, but he's, you know, he is getting older. I mean, um, you know, but this is an intriguing team, and I actually love the their second round pick, Joe Tipman, who would not surprise me if he's the starting center day one. I would agree with that. Uh, really, really liked him on video as well. You know what else I like, Greg? You already know this, Labat Blue Light. Man, I know you're not into the schedule release, Greg. I will be, and I'll be drinking some Labat Blue Lights with my friends and living life to the power of we always enjoy responsibly beer labat usa buffalo new york i might have had a labat blue light or two last night as the sixers smoked the celtics that was amazing all right greg let's get into deandre swift in philadelphia because last week we talked about jameer gibbs replacing deandre in detroit And you referenced that, you know, he kind of is, uh, Gibbs is similar to Swift, just better, uh, more explosive. And that's why Detroit felt like they were upgrading. But I kind of like the idea of DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia. And I'm curious as to how you think he'll fit in there and what you see from him. He'll be a piece. You know, keep in mind that, you know, when I studied the Eagles offense, and I'm going to actually study it more this summer, you know, in a little more detail, which I don't quite get to do it the same way during the season when I have to watch as many teams and games as possible. So I can do more of an individual team in the offseason. Um, but I think the Eagles run game really starts with Jalen Hurts. He's in the gun on almost every play. And that dictates defensive alignments and how different players on defense have to play because of the Hurts factor in the run game. So I think when you look at what the Eagles have done in the backfield, Ross, it will be a committee. You know, there might be one week where Rashad Penny has 17 carries. There might be another week he has seven carries. DeAndre Swift will fit into that. Um, They still have Gainwell, who came on strong at the end of last season, getting more carries and being used more in the pass game. Swift is very much along those lines, an excellent runner, an excellent receiver who can line up anywhere in the formation. They have a new offensive coordinator this year, Brian Johnson. He was there last year, but you and I know that when someone new steps in, they've got some other ideas. I'd be curious to see if you do see this year Gainwell and Swift detached more from the formation. You know, that could well happen. Um, So Swift is a multi-dimensional runner receiver type back with a really really good skill set but he's not going to be a foundation back uh the eagles run game starts with Hurts. so is it crazy greg like when i watch them i'm not sure swift isn't an upgrade over miles sanders just in terms of what he can do in the passing game i mean as runners yeah i think they're somewhat similar i mean swift might be a little more dynamic in the open field but Swift is definitely better as a receiver I mean I almost feel like the Eagles arguably upgraded there yeah you might say that as a receiver for sure um you know I'm really curious and and again we won't know but as I said new coordinators even if they've been there have their own ideas I'm curious to see if the Eagles with Hertz now and the fact that he can run obviously 
end up with more empty sets as well because that spreads the defense, that creates space, just like we spoke about with Todd Monken. I think you're going to see more of that in, in Baltimore. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see tempo with the Eagles, to see more empty sets. Hertz is advancing, you know, in all areas of play as a third-year starter now. Um, he sees things better. He's more aware. Um, that's just normal progression for a quarterback. So, uh, you know, I think the Eagles have a lot of options on the offensive side of the ball with really good players, too. No question. Um, one of the guys they have to go against, though, a couple times a year is Micah Parsons. And it's come out recently, Greg, that the Cowboys uh, defender, I think back-to-back runner-up for defensive player of the year in the entire league, Evidently, Greg, he is uh, putting on some weight and is going to be a full-time defensive end. I, I have, uh, I've, I've, I have mixed emotions about that. I guess, Greg, I'm really curious. Before I tell you my thoughts, I'll, I just want to get your thoughts on if Parsons is a full-time DN because I know you said a couple years ago when he was a rookie that you thought he was the best edge rusher there was, and now they're going to give him a chance, evidently, to do that every snap. It just comes down to premium positions in the NFL, Ross. You know, edge rusher is a far more important position than stack backer. And in a league where there's a far more passing than running for most teams, um, his best value to that defense is as an edge rusher. You can find stacked linebackers. Um, edge rushers who are at the level of Micah Parsons are hard to come by. So they've simply made a decision that his best value in today's NFL and to their team is as an edge rusher. And that's where they're going to line him up pretty much on every down. Uh, Now, I still think they'll move people around. You know, there could be snaps where he is standing up. There could be snaps where he's in the A-gap. We've seen that. That's all a function of just, you know, defensive uh, concepts and tactics. And you'll still see that because Dan Quinn is still there. Um, But I think for the most part, you know, defensive end is a more important position than stacked linebacker in today's NFL. And that's where you want, you know, your best defensive player to play. Well, from my perspective, it certainly felt like a missed opportunity, Greg, every time they would have him drop back in coverage. Yeah. I mean, it just like you've got that guy and he's not rushing. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I bet your teams will try to run right at him and try to wear him down with double teams at the point of attack, you know, if he's an edge guy all the time. And I do think there was some value and then moving them around. But to your point, this doesn't preclude them from doing that. No, of course not. Uh, but, you know, as I said, you know, you're just dealing with a guy who's a great, great edge rusher, and he's really good on stunts and games, you know, those kinds of things. They're just more important than, than stacked linebackers in today's NFL. Finally, Greg, Jordan Love is officially going to be the starter now for the Green Bay Packers. I know you watched him a lot coming out. I, I know did. you've seen his games – in the NFL the last few years. Uh, what's your level? What, what, what are kind of your ex- expectations for Jordan Love? You know, no one knows. And, you know, everybody has an opinion. No one knows. Um, you know, I mean, I think that when you have a quarterback that does not have a lot of experience, you try to help him. Um, I think that they do have two good backs. They'll rely on the run game. They drafted two tight ends, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in the draft. Uh, quality tight ends. Guys, I liked on tape quite a bit. 
Um, I think they'll probably try to play those guys a good amount and, you know, play that kind of offense, you know, not necessarily spread it out. Um, You know, so I think, you know, you're you're dealing with a quarterback that they'll probably give a lot of play action to, which helps define reads, helps define throws, relatively speaking, in the NFL. Um, You know, so I think they'll do a lot of things to try to help them. Obviously, you get to those critical third and long situations. Those are the situations we really don't know. And I'm just being honest with us. We just don't know. I remember watching Love prior to his last year in college where he had a coaching change going into his last year in college. And it was clear that he was not as comfortable a player in his last year at Utah state. And that's what most people looked at, but I had watched a ton of him from the year before when he had a very good season. And quite honestly, I thought he was going to be a really good prospect. Obviously, the Packers thought so. They drafted him in the first round. What he does over the course of 17 games now, that's an impossible question to answer. All we know is is what I said, what I think they'll try to do to make it relatively easier for him by NFL standards. Check him out on social media. He is the man at Greg Cosell. Love talking with Greg each and every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross. So we kind of already knew this, but the NFL schedule will, in fact, be released tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Actually, as we talk, some of the international games have actually already been released. Yep, they'll start to trickle out today. They'll trickle out tomorrow morning. It's like on the Today Show, Good Morning America. I mean, if you want to know how popular the NFL is, they, like, slowly leak out these games on like major television, not sports television, like major television. And as I mentioned, make sure you are ready to listen to the pod or watch um, YouTube or whatever tomorrow night because we'll have Michael North from the NFL on to talk about the schedule. And obviously it'll be ready for everybody early Friday morning as well. It's funny, Jack. I'm telling you right now, the first thing NFL players look for when the schedule come out, it's the bye week. I mean, it's like everybody else, right? Like, when am I off? The bye week. After that, they probably look for Thursday games. You know why? Because they get that weekend off too. So I would say bye week, then Thursday games, then probably primetime games. See how many, you know, showcase games on national TV they have. And then the opener. And that's about it. But it starts with the bye week. Trust me. Few roster moves across the league. The Commanders release center Chase Roulier. Texans sign offensive tackle Greg Little. Buccaneers sign quarterback John Wolford. The Falcons sign cornerback Trey Flowers. Dolphins sign tight end Tyler Croft. And the Broncos re-sign Kareem Jackson for his 14th season. So that's the one that jumps out to me because Kareem Jackson was drafted, I think, by the Texans as a corner. First couple of years was like considered a bust, Jack. And now he's going into his 14th year. It's unbelievable. Very, very impressive what Kareem's been able to do. 14 years at any position in the NFL is bananas. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports reports that prosecutors have determined former Buffalo Bills punter Matt Arazia was not present for the alleged incident he was being investigated for and had left the home an hour before it happened. So first of all, I think my understanding, I think it's Matt Ariza. I think it's Ariza. Ariza. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to make this, Jack, my Labatt take of the week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. 
Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt, USA. Buffalo, New York. We got to be better. We got to be better than this. Like, I don't know how the initial allegations against former Bills punter Matt Ariza, I don't know how they come out into the media, but the allegations get out into the media and immediately everybody treats it like it definitely happened, like they're facts. I'm watching people on multiple TV stations, right, when this happened, basically imploring, demanding that the Buffalo Bills fire him, which they ultimately did. And now it turns out he left the house an hour before this alleged incident even happened. I mean, I'm not blaming any individual, but we got to be better. I mean, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? This guy's reputation is ruined. His career will likely never be the same. All for something that evidently didn't even happen. Yet so many people, when the allegations came out, treated it like it was fact. I don't know what the answer is, but we got to be better. I'll also say this, Jack. Um, Things like that really, really bother me. I don't know how it happens that way, right? I mean, like, I understand that news networks are going to release allegations. I think what it is, is it's when we, the media, consume, the we need to do a better job of saying these are allegations, disturbing allegations, but just allegations. I mean, can you imagine, like, if that was, like, your brother and everybody's, acting like he's the worst person in the history of the world. And evidently he left an hour early, an hour before this thing even happened. It's bad. It's really, really bad. Um, Anyway, we will be able to get in on fantasy feast podcast today. Totally unrelated, of course, to the rookie running back. So make sure you check out today's fantasy feast podcast. And with the schedule coming out, check out yesterday's even money podcast to know how to bet when the schedule comes out. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Not totally done, because i got to give some shout-outs to some listener-owned businesses. Patreon.com slash RT Media. They are the I think we're done here members of Patreon.com. How about myfrontpagestory.com? It is absolutely not too late to order one for Mother's Day. Best Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of. Backofficeschedule.com, Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com. Then you got SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture. And delicious pizza boy brewing. Other than that, now we're done here.